Welcome to Access Point Radio, your destination for the news, strategies, and practices needed to grow your business. I'm your host, Kyle Todd. In today's course, we'll be discussing uh, a topic that is, is all over the news right now, and that is the Payroll Protection Program. If you are a small business, no doubt you've heard about this. No doubt you are interested in looking at uh, options to save your payroll going into the future months. And as we all know, the, the information is, is changing on almost a daily basis. We've asked Rafi Yousefian and Anna Baumgartner of RYCPAs to help us wade through the current rules and application steps. So I'll start with module one. Um, on March 27th of this year, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act was signed into law to provide more than $2 trillion to battle the COVID-19 and its economic effects. The Small Business Administration, or SBA, received funding and authority through the Act to modify Section 7A of the Small Business Act to include a new loan for small businesses. This is referred to as the Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP for short. Originally, the PPP was allocated $349 billion of the $2 trillion stimulus budget, but as of April 24th, legislation known as Phase 3.5 of the stimulus was passed that will be funding an additional $310 billion to the program. Through this webinar, we'll be summarizing the key provisions of this legislation so you can understand how to fully navigate the PPP loan from beginning to end. This includes the application phase all the way through applying for forgiveness. Now, we understand that every business has its unique situation. So if you have specific questions, we'll provide our contact information in the last module so you can send your questions to us directly. We have a dedicated team for addressing PPP concerns for small businesses, so we should be able to provide guidance in a pretty quick manner. Guidance from the SBA. Given how new this program is, it's constantly being developed and clarified. We're getting new information every day. When you hear accountants, bankers, or lawyers say, we're waiting on guidance from the SBA, they're referring to primary sources for the guidance. We all have access to the CARES Act, which is the actual law, but the law still needs to be interpreted to provide applicable guidance. The Treasury and the SBA are publishing interpreted guidance and posting it to the webpage that we have linked on the slide as it becomes available. So let's go through an overview. The PPP provides small businesses with a loan to pay payroll costs and certain operating expenses. The loan will be forgiven if the funds are used for the intended purposes within a certain period of time. A small business includes any business that was generally eligible for Section 7A loans. So under Section 7A of the Small Business Act, each industry is typically given a size standard based on gross receipts or employee count to determine their eligibility for the standard 7A loan. So there's a size standard test to assess qualification, which is based on net worth of the company. These tests are still applicable for the PPP loan. We're not going to go into the details because it's pretty out of scope for this training and we could easily spend three hours just talking about it. But if you don't meet the test based on the other definitions of a small business, reach out to us, we can advise. So what are the other definitions of a small business? 
The CARES Act extended the definition of qualifications as a small business under Section 7A to include any for-profit business with less than 500 employees regardless of gross receipts, 50C3 nonprofit organizations, and 50C19 veterans organizations with less than 500 employees. It also includes sole proprietorships, self-employed individuals, and independent contractors with less than 500 employees. There is an exception for any business operating under NAICS code 72, which would be like restaurants, caterers, hotels, that all have less than 500 employees per location. So if you're wondering how some of those publicly traded restaurant chains were able to receive the PPP loans, that's how. This has been rectified for the second round of funding. So we're not gonna get into the affiliation rules, but at a really high level, it follows a similar methodology as the Affordable Care Act. The employees of your affiliates are required to be included in your employee count to determine whether you qualify as a small business employer. The affiliate rules explain which entities would be considered an affiliate. For example, if you have a 50% ownership in four companies, and each of those companies has 150 employees, you have 600 employees altogether. There is an alternate test, as we mentioned, so if you have questions regarding the affiliate rules or the alternative size standard requirements, please reach out to us. So who doesn't qualify even if they meet the employee count standards? Businesses that are ordinarily not eligible for the SBA loans are also not eligible for payroll protection loans. So this would include banks, real estate investment companies, firms involved in speculative activities, um, lending activities, pyramid sales programs, foreign businesses, gambling businesses, private clubs, and passive investment companies. PPP funds are provided in the form of loans that will be fully forgiven when used for payroll costs, mortgage interest, rent, and utilities over the eight-week period following the disbursement of the loan. So what are the loan requirements? These loans will be administered through the SBA 7A loan program and will have a maturity of two years from the date of the loan at an interest rate of 1%. The SBA will allow for deferred payments for up to six months from the date of the loan. Now, for these loans, there will be no personal guarantee or collateral required to get the loan. Also, the fees that would normally be applicable to SBA loans which would be like prepayment penalties, annual fees, or guarantee fees will all be waived. You also don't need to establish that you were unable to get credit elsewhere. So regardless of the forgiveness piece, which we'll get into a little bit later, 75% of the loan proceeds must be used to cover payroll costs, and the remainder can be used for the interest on debt incurred before February 15 of this year, rent on leases dated before February 15 of this year, and utility services, utility payments under service agreements dated before February 15 of this year, as well as the refinancing for an SBA EIDL made between January 31 of 2020 and April 3rd of 2020. So please be aware that there's no personal guarantee requirement. However, the application makes it clear that if the proceeds are used for fraudulent purposes, the US government will pursue the applicant for criminal charges, so don't do that. So to qualify for the loan, 
you must certify that you were in operation during February 15, 2020, and that you paid salaries or independent contractors. You must certify that the uncertainty of current economic conditions makes the loan request necessary to support ongoing operations. You must acknowledge that the PPP funds will be used to retain workers and maintain payroll or make mortgage payments, lease payments, and utility payments. And you must also acknowledge that if the funds are used for unauthorized purposes, the federal government will may hold the applicant legally liable, such as for charges of fraud. Um, you must certify that you can provide payroll tax documentation to support your payroll calculations, that you understand the requirements for loan forgiveness, and you will not receive another PPP loan during the period from February 15 to December 31 of 2020. So after a publicly traded company like Ruth's Chris received millions of dollars in PPP loans, uh, the SBA added an additional requirement. Um, businesses owned by large companies with adequate sources of liquidity to support the business's ongoing operations no longer qualify for the PPP loan. Also, if you received an SBA EIDL during January 31 to April 3rd of this year, you can still apply for a PPP loan. Um, if your EIDL was not used for payroll costs, it doesn't affect your eligibility. However, if your EIDL was used for payroll costs, your PPP loan must be used to refinance that EIDL. Um, finally, for module one, let's talk about the loan amount. Your loan amount is going to be limited to the lesser of the sum of the average monthly payroll cost for 2019, or alternatively, the one-year period up to the date of the loan, multiplied by two and a half, and the outstanding amount of any EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan, made between January 31 of this year and April 3rd of this year, less the amount of any advance received under that loan, or 10 million. Also, if you are a seasonal business, you can use February 15, 2019 to June 30, 2019, or at your election, March 1st, 2019 to June 30, 2019, to calculate your average monthly payroll costs. If you are new to the business, you can use January 1, 2020 to February 29, 2020 as the time period when you're calculating your payroll costs. And from here, I'm going to turn it over to Rafi to address module two.